and welcome to the Sacred City Life Podcast. This is your host, Pastor Justin Dean. <clears throat> the Sacred City Life Podcast is a podcast to help you, uh, primarily the members of Sacred City Church, follow Jesus in the everyday rhythms of life. And <clears throat> kind of a foundational reality to following Jesus is you need to know him. You need to know about him. You need to know about God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> that means we need to have a good, accurate, biblical, working, systematic theology. So towards that end, we are working this year through the Westminster Confession of Faith to help you know your Bible better, know doctrine better, know God better, and ultimately that's going to help you live in God's world in a better way, flourish in his, flourish in the world that he's given us. So <clears throat> we hope that you are finding these podcasts helpful. We're putting a lot of them out. I know maybe it's easy to get uh, behind. My goal is once we get all of these uh, podcasts out to kind of categorize them. And, and then um, if somebody's dealing with some questions around creation or questions around uh, election or predestination, we have uh, a few of these categorized and they can go and listen and study and, and learn up. And so you can, we will have like kind of like an online systematic theology that people can listen to. That's kind of my hope. And um, today, once again, I've got my um, residents back in the studio with me. Say hello, guys. What's up? Hey. How's it going, guys? So Alex Tate, Bryson Amix. And Kevin Noor, all of them here in present or present with us. We are enjoying a good cigar. We are, um, it's Monday. I know this podcast won't come out on Monday, but it's a Monday afternoon for us. And we had a busy weekend, obviously, with, with church and services. And, um, and then I had a busy morning with sermon prep. And so it's nice uh, every other week at least to have an afternoon where we get to just sit down and enjoy some good gifts and enjoy one another. I'm, I'm going to tell you guys, I just enjoy this. I look forward to it. I look forward to hanging out. I look forward to discussing God and discussing the things of God. So, and I'm hearing from some people that, that it's, it's beneficial and they're enjoying it as well. Yeah, so, sweet. Nice. so this week we are in chapter five of the Westminster Confession of Faith of Providence. And providentially, we spoke on Sunday about the providence of God. And so I'm thankful for God's providence and leading us to this section of the Westminster Confession of Faith right in time as he had me preach on the providence of God from Matthew chapter 6. And I think this may be, where I'm at right now, this may be the most important doctrine for the Christian to think about. I think our, the cultural waters that we swim in are infested with the doctrine of scientific materialism that goes completely against the grain. The current flows in the opposite direction of the providence of God. And we swim in that water every day. And so we might not even realize how our worldviews affected, how our thinkings affected, how our emotions are affected. And of course, how our anxiety is affected, right? It's one of the reasons we are so anxious right now. And so I think we need to spend a lot of time thinking about the providence of God. And so 
Today, we're going to be looking at Article 2. Last week, we talked about Article 1. Article 2, again, building right off. And I I think we can go, because Article 2 is... um, it's got some substance to it, but Article 3 is very small. So I, I'm going to go ahead and read 2 and 3 together. Mm-hmm. Then we can go back and kind of um, chop them up, chop it up a little bit. Cool? Let's do yeah. it. Yeah. All right. Article 2 of Providence. Although in relation to the foreknowledge and decree of God, the first cause, all things come to pass immutably and infallibly. Yet by the same providence, he ordereth them to fall out according to the nature of second causes, either necessarily, freely, or contingently. That's Article 2. I know that's a lot of words that might not have registered. So let me go to Article 3 real quick. God, in his ordinary providence maketh use of means, yet is free to work without, above, and against them at his pleasure. Mm. Okay. Here's what we're getting to. When you start talking about the providence of God, again, the providence of God is God... Creating, upholding, directing, disposing, and governing all creatures, actions, and things from the greatest even to the least. The providence of God is God's ability to foresee. So um, provision, pro, before, vision, what you can see. So he sees before all things. He knows all ends, okay? And he also provides. He meets the need of every living creature on this planet, right? He gives trees what they need. He gives he gives us what we need. He meets the needs from the from an insect to um, human beings. That's God's providence. Mm. So here we go. If God is if God you know if God is providential and providence of God, then I guess I'll just sit on my butt and do nothing the rest of my life because He'll provide for me. Mm. Nope you are divorcing what this what they're going to say in this the first cause from the second cause mm. what theologians call concurrence concurrence okay concurrence is god is the first cause the immediate co- the cause behind everything he's the one Um, sovereign over the whole universe, everything. But God's sovereignty reaches even to second causes, us, Mm. our decisions, our actions, the wind, the sun, all of those are, you know, you could say those are all second causes. They're not primary causes. They're not the first cause, but they're second causes. And God ordereth them typically to fall out according to the nature of second causes, either necessarily, freely, or contingently. So God's normal way of working is through secondary causes. Okay? So our actions. So God meets my needs, but usually he meets my needs through me having a job, right? Through me. God feeds me, but my wife still 
does the cooking in our house, right? God, I don't think, I don't remember God making me a dinner in my, in my past. God is the first cause. He gives us all these things. But my wife in that illustration is the second cause. She takes all these things together, puts it together, makes it wonderful and feeds it to the family and we eat it, right? Well, you know, my kids always like to argue, you know, about, um, you know, dad provided for us. Dad didn't provide for us. God did. God did, you know? Now, technically they're right, but technically they're, they're not seeing the difference between first causes and secondary causes, okay? Yeah. So another way to say it is God is providential over the end. He's also providential over the means. So if God says you are, I'm just going to say it like this, predestined to go to San Francisco, okay? Well, that's the end. That's the end. What are the means? Well, you could walk there. You could ride a bike. You could take a car. You could take public transport. You could take a plane. You could take a train. You could take a boat, maybe. I don't know. Lots of means to get there, right? Well, God is sovereign and providential over the end and over the means. Mm -hmm. And the means is usually, typically, a secondary cause, mm -hmm. right? So let's go through this and break this down a little bit. Although in relation to the foreknowledge and decree of God, so God's ability to foresee everything, right, know everything, and the decree, what he has willed to come to pass, the first cause, that's God. So God is the first cause behind all of creation. He started the whole thing. All things come to pass immutably, perfectly, exactly the way he destined it to happen, and infallibly. No, there's never been a mistake in the plan of God. Do we have a scripture for that? Yeah, that's Acts. Acts 2.23. This Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. Okay. One of the darkest days in human history, mm. the sinless son of God was betrayed, abused, had a faulty trial, an unjust trial, condemned and crucified. And yet, that was a part of the foreknowledge of God, foreordained and predestined planned, that it happened exactly how God predestined it to happen. Mm. So, when they were killing Jesus, they were sinning. They were sinning exactly how Jesus, or exactly how God had predestined them to sin. Mm. Okay? His providence even includes their sin. He's the first cause. Yet, by the same providence, he ordereth them, those are the things that he has foreknew and decreed, to fall out or to happen according to the nature of second causes, either necessarily, freely, or contingently. Another scripture? This is Genesis 8:22. Uh, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night, shall not cease. Okay, so God has he's providentially he's provi he has providence over all of creation, and yet if you plant a seed in winter, what's going to happen? Nothing. Nothing, Nothing. right? But if you plant the seed in summer or spring, that thing's going to grow, right? Mm -hmm. And that, 
so God works typically through the normal means of life, the, the normal rhythms of life, the normal seasons of life, right? That's mm-hmm. typically how God works. He works through the normal means. Mm-hmm. So children come to faith typically through the normal means of godly parents teaching them the gospel. That's normally how God works. That's how God is. That's one normal way that God works, mm-hmm. right? Um, so the providence of God does not take away human responsibility. It does not turn us into somehow robots. God predestines us and governs us through secondary causes, normal decisions, right? But he's still providential over it all, and he's accomplishing everything exactly how he wants to accomplish it. Do we have another scripture? Is that it? Yeah, Jeremiah 31, 35. Thus says the Lord who gives the sun for light by day, and the fixed order of the moon, and the stars for light by night, who stirs up the sea so that its waves roar. The Lord of hosts is his name. Okay. Again, normal rhythms. Um, God doesn't... This is the next one. I'm not going to get into that too often. But most of the time, he's going to work through the everyday everyday normal means of grace. Right? What he calls here, what they call here, Um, secondary causes. That's how his providence typically works. So let's think about a couple examples of the surprising providence of God through first and second causes. Biblically, we have the story of Joseph, one of the great examples of the providence of God. God is providential over his Joseph's father's um, preferential treatment to Joseph. You remember? Um, daddy, daddy gave him a special coat, right? Mm-hmm. Coat of many colors, right? He had some of that special swag. Showed everybody that he he uh, he was the favorite kid. Well, what did that do? Had the brothers in their feelings. <laughs> they, they were catching feelings. They were catching feelings. They got they got offended, right? They got hurt by that. Mm-hmm. So dad's sin created animosity in the brothers, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, God is providential over that. Then the brothers sin, decide to kill him. One of them steps up and says, no, let's not kill him. Let's sell him. They fake his death. They sell him. He becomes a slave, right? God's providential over dad's sin, over the brother's sin. Then Joseph through the means of providence, we could go through a bunch of different things, but finds himself in Potiphar's house, right? And interprets some, finds himself in prison, interprets some dreams. I'm, I'm going to skip the story because it's a long story. Get, elevates himself through hard work, through some revelation. He, he has a special gift that he can interpret dreams, right? So that's mm-hmm. special finds himself as the, basically the, the, the second highest, power, most powerful person in all of Egypt. Then the providence of God brings about a famine. His family back home 
oh, so brings first off, he fore, he foresaw that he had foreknowledge, right? That God gave him that foreknowledge, so God gave him a glimpse into his own providence, mm-hmm. and said, "You better tell Egypt to st- sack away a bunch of food, right?" So they stacked away all this grain and all this food, and so they Egypt was sitting pretty. They were prepared for the famine to come down the pipe. While, meanwhile, dad and brothers are sitting at home, hungry. And they say, well, we got to go to Egypt to find food. Providentially, all this stuff happens. They go and, you know, long story short, eventually they're kneeling before their brother Joseph. They don't even know it's their brother. And he reveals himself and says, what you meant for evil, God meant for good. Amen. And he provided, Joseph provided for his family. He announced, uh, allowed his whole family to come to Egypt and have basically provision. They were taken care of. They're provided for during a horrible famine. And that whole scenario is the perfect picture of the providence of God. God was providence over sin. Now, he doesn't, He doesn't. you know, God doesn't force any of us to sin and God doesn't cause any of us to sin, but he is, his providence includes our sin. Mm. And sin is never good, but God promises to make good out of the sin done against us and the sin that we commit. Joseph could have killed him, you know. Joseph could have killed him. For sure he could have killed him. So what's the good news for someone that, like, their story doesn't end up like a Joseph? Well, how do you know? First off, I would say, how do you know it doesn't end up like Joseph? Because if your story ain't over, you don't know how it's going to end up. Right. So... But the promise is not, okay, let's just talk about how did Joseph's story end up? He still died, mm-hmm. right? It, did, it didn't protect him from death. He still died, right. right? So, but God meets our needs perfectly, exactly how they need to be met, mm-hmm. always, until it's our time to go. Yeah. And then if you're in Christ, he meets your ultimate need and gives you the, the, the welcome into his kingdom, the new heavens, the new earth, the new body, Right, like yeah. eyes to see the real God, like not by faith but by sight. Yeah. So, I think in a sense it all ends up like we all end up like Joseph if we're in Christ. Right, right. Yeah. So, there's so many details. Again, I rushed through that story of Joseph. If you go back and read it in Genesis, there's so many details that God was that God's providence showed up, and you could just trust God that He's working everything out for the good of His people. Right. Mm. Here's one that's kind of funny. Ten years ago, eleven years ago, when I went to do my Acts twenty nine assessment, <clears throat> I came into the assessment. I was a pretty young punk, pretty confident in my own abilities, pretty cocky. Had a pretty large youth ministry, felt pretty good about myself, and you know, I was just kind of what that system of church creates and what that system of the world creates, where you get out and make it happen, and you. You, you just have confidence and you lead with confidence and you don't lead in the gospel. That's kind of who I was. But I'd experienced a lot of pain and hurt getting fired and knew I needed gospel shepherding, gospel leadership. I knew I needed the X-29 network to help me and to counsel me. And so I step into this boot camp. But you go in, you know, I go in with a little bit of a swagger. 
And I see this guy. He's just a goofy-looking dude. Long hair, curly hair, kind of poofed up hairspray, chains on, chains on, chains, bracelets on, straight out of an Affliction magazine, dude. <laughs> so he had to go to hunt. <laughs> yeah. uh, and he's older, you know, I'm like, whoa. I'd literally just look like, who is this dude? Like, I've never seen a guy, like, that. it was just like, like he just stepped off a Harley or something and out of an Affliction magazine. And I, me and Amanda were sitting in our rental car and looking. I'm like, look at this guy. Who is this guy? When we go in and they issue everyone lanyards. And they basically, you know what a lanyard is, goes around your neck. And there's, there's two colors of lanyards. I think it was like orange and white or something like that. And if you're an assessor, you get a white lanyard. So that means you're already an Acts 29 pastor and you're going to be assessing the candidates. I was a candidate, so I got an orange lanyard, I think is what it was, right? And so immediately... They kind of usher you into this room where you start eating pizza and you start getting to know people and you're looking around and you immediately you can see, okay, I see Bob Thune and I see all these guys that like, I see Matt Chandler. I see these guys with the white lanyards that say they're an assessor. And I see guys like me with the orange lanyard that says, okay, we're here to get assessed. We're, we're the wannabe church planters want to do this thing, right? Yeah. And... um that guy with all the chains and all that kind of stuff, he comes over and he sits down next to me. And I look at him, you know, he's got the same color lanyard I got. And so we just chop it up. He's like, hey, man, what's your name? I tell him. He's like, How, how's it going? I'm like, good. He's like, so tell me about your church or what what's your plans are. And, and I just, just like I would do with one of you guys, completely unloaded. Dude, here's what happens, man. I would want to plant this church. My pastor fired me biggest bunch of bull crap you know i'm so mad i'm so frustrated i'm so hurt by it but you know what we did we planted a church six days later that's what we did we got 150 people showed up this is what we're doing i didn't he's like man that's intense dude how did the like the assessment or how did the, like the all the theology packet and all the stuff that you had to do how did that go and i was like dude i barely had time to fill that out i was like i just did it I, you know i just kind of rushed through it filled it out i'm planting a church dude i ain't got time to fill out all that doctrine all that stuff He's like, oh, man, that's really difficult, dude. He's like, well, how's like, how's your heart right now? And, and I'm like, and I was just like, looked at him in blank stare. I'm like, my heart? Like, <laughs> who dude, has a heart? Dude, <laughs> I'm grinding. <laughs> dude, I'm grinding. I got to, if I don't plan a church, I don't have, we're baby not getting fed next week. Like, right. I got to make, I got to make bacon, man. I'm like, and, um, and we're, you know, I'm just unloading my heart just like I would a normal brother, you know, not a big deal. Well, then that director, somebody from Acts 29 comes in and they go, would all the, um, we're just really blessed to be here today and thank you all the Acts 29 pastors who are sacrificing their time to be here to be assessors three days away from your church. It's a big blessing. Would all the Acts 29 assessors please stand up? And the dude right next to me stands up. And I look up at him and he goes, Justin, I appreciate your candor. I'll be assessing you this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> and that his name is Ethan Burmeister. And they had issued him the wrong lanyard. So in the providence of God, he was issued the wrong lanyard. And I unloaded because I wasn't worried or, you know, wasn't trying to prove anything. I just unloaded my burdens on him. And then when we step into our assessment, 
he had a very accurate assessment of where I was. He could see through the BS. He could see through the polish. He could see through my sermons that I sent in and all that kind of stuff. And that was the beginning of the the most foundational and shaping and sanctifying weekends of my entire life. And then I ended up going, moving to Omaha to be a part of his church and did my residency as a part of his church. Uh, Bob, Bob was in Omaha as well. And so I worked with Bob a lot too through Porterbrook, but, um, that is one of those situations where, so God called me to be a church planter. God called me to plant sacred city, but he also, so he was sovereign over that, but he's also sovereign over the means to get me to become the type of man he wanted me to become to plant the type of church he wanted me to plant in order for me to get back to Davenport to plant this type of church and be this type of man. I needed to have that experience with Ethan. Mm-hmm. I need to have that experience with the Acts 29 network. I need to have that experience in Omaha. Yeah. Yeah. So there is no just like sit back and trust God and just God's going to beam me up Scotty and change me. Like that's not how God normally works. He works through normal means, secondary causes. Ethan Burmeister, Core Community Church, Bob Thune, uh, Coram Deo Church in Omaha, Nebraska. Uh, he, you know, he works through all those normal, those normal means, okay? But that does not mean that God has to work through those normal means right. all the time. And that's what Article 3 is about. It says, God, in his ordinary providence, maketh use of means. Do we have a scripture for that? Go ahead. For as the rain and the snow came down from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth, making it bring forth the sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the things for which I sent. Okay. Just as the normal way God grows plants and food and all those things is through the normal seasons and the normal fertilization cycle and all that kind of stuff, he also uses this, his word produces that kind of fruit, right? And he does that through his word. Is there another scripture we've got? Yeah, Hosea 2, uh, 22, 21, and 22. And in that day I will answer, declares the Lord. I will answer the heavens, and they shall answer the earth. And the earth shall answer the grain, the wine, and the oil. And they shall answer Jezreel. Okay, got to be honest. I have no idea what that means. I have no idea what how that applies to providence right now. Well, with the water <laughs> and the sowing, like I talked about throughout the earth, um, would you say that's uh, true too throughout community with people? How God uses community? Yeah, it's a normal rhythm. Mm-hmm. So, let me just say like this. If you are not loving your wife well, God could cause you to have a dream where you are standing before the gates of God and he says to you, you've been abusing my wife or whatever. You've been abusing your spouse or you've not been loving your wife well. And you could have this like out of body experience. You could do, he could do that. Mm -hmm. But his normal means is to have a Christian brother go, dude, when, when was the last time you took your wife on a date? Yeah. 
you guys seem to live two separate lives. Why are you and your wife always doing different things, right. different hobbies? You're never at home. Mm. Like the normal means is for a brother to shepherd a brother, a brother to say, and then you might be like, dude, I didn't even think about it. I've been grinding. I've been working hard because, you know, money's tight or whatever it is. And so I haven't even thought about it, man. And so the normal means or a normal means you open up your Bible and it says that we're supposed to be loving our wife and, and washing her with the water of the word. And we're supposed to be laying our life down for her. And that's a normal means. We read that and go, I'm not doing that. The Lord brings conviction during my time alone with the Lord in the morning. And that encourages me to love my wife well. So there's the reading of the word. There's the preaching of the word on Sunday. That's a normal means that God would use to direct his people and bring conviction to people. There's community and relationships. There's a book. There's all these different things. Okay. So God, that's the way God normally shepherds his people is through the normal means. Okay. I think that's the way that, uh, I don't know. Christians should typically look for the providence of God. Like, Yes. I can think of a lot of people who would go and like, almost like dream hunting, trying to put together some sort of meaning out of like some crazy dream. And it's like, bro, you just had some greasy pizza. It drives me crazy. <laughs> it drives me crazy when people, and I'll just say it, I don't know if it's the right way to say it, but they over-spiritualize everything. And they disregard God's providence, God's normal means mm-hmm. of providence. Yeah. And everything's got to be some kind of special revelation or special dream or special interpretation or I got a word for you or they got a word for me or I was watching TBN or I heard this song. It's like the normal providence, man. Mm. So he says, God in his ordinary providence maketh use of means, yet is free to work without, above, and against them at his pleasure. What scripture we got? Yeah, I got a couple. I got Hosea 1.7. Um, It says, But I will have mercy on the house of Judah, and I will save them by the Lord their God. I will not save them by bow or by sword or by war or by horse or by horsemen. Boom. So how does God typically protect people? Through their own strength, right? Like a burglar breaking in. I've got a firearm. I'm using my, my strength, my firearm, to take out that burglar. That's how I protected my family. God God's providence did that. He was the primary means. I was the secondary means. That's how typically I protect my family, right? Mm. But God can bypass that and just have an angel of the Lord slay hundreds of thousands of people if he wants to. He did it in the Old Testament. So God can bypass those normal things and just do work himself. Mm -hmm. Okay? Is there another scripture? And then Job 34.20. In a moment they die. At midnight the people are shaken and pass away. And the mighty are taken away by no human hand. Boom. So, now, we know that is not God's primary way of working. Right? Um, I think it's a sign of immaturity to think it is and to expect him to work in in those kind of ways, you know? It's like the kid who stays at home and, uh, listen, I'm not going to work today because I can't pay my bills, so I'm going to stay home and pray that God would meet my needs. That check gonna come in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, and what what is what are you expecting? Are you expecting, you know, you you what you're expecting God to make that direct deposit directly into your account? 
you're expecting what grandma to call and or, or grandma just died and <laughs> she left you a bunch in her will or something. Um, no, you should get up and go to work. Mm-hmm. But there have been times where I have done everything in my power, going to work, doing everything in my power. Still, I don't see any way that the bills are going to be paid and I'm going to be able to make ends meet. And then out of the blue, a brother calls me and says, hey, man, the Lord told me to give you some cash here to help you pay your mortgage. Hmm. And I'm like, what? I mean, that that's that special that special providence, yeah. you know? And, and to be completely honest, there's been times where my wife and I have done that same thing. There was a g- girl that we knew that Amanda, we bought Amanda a new car and I was about to sell her car, you know, and make, make a little cash on that, that car. And the Lord said to us, we felt the Lord say, now I want you to give this car to this person. Mm-hmm. I had to make sure that it wasn't that greasy pizza talking. So I went and said, hold on, I'm going to check myself here. I talked to man. I said, babe, what do you think about this? She goes, yes, I think we should. And so we just, instead of making, you know, a few thousand bucks or whatever it was going to be on that car, we just signed the title over and gave it to a girl that, that, that needed it more than we did. And her need was met through the providence of God. Primary cause, secondary cause, us. Yeah. Right. And our and our obedience. Yeah. And that's a special way that 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 the Lord works. Yeah. Any more? Or is that it? That's it. Mm-hmm. So the providence of God. Includes. Our own decision making. It includes the laws of nature. It includes the seasons. It includes the means it includes everything, okay? It is not a robotic doctrine um, that somehow makes us, you know, puppets. Our decisions actually matter, okay? But the confidence that this gives us, in a sense, now, this is no excuse to sin. It's never an excuse to sin. But it should give us confidence in making decisions that no matter what, God's going to work our good. Even if we make a bad decision, God's going to work it for our good, right? He's tying all those threads together for us. Mm. It's incredibly freeing. It should bring a lot of worship, a lot of peace, a lot of comfort. We need to teach this to our children. Our children should be confident about this. And, you know, as they're growing up and choosing professions and choosing spouse and spouse and all the things that we have, all the big Mm. decisions we have to make, God's providence is something we can rest in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Any closing thoughts from you guys or questions? I just think it's good news because um, just hearing that, because as, you know, as men trying to lead our homes, we try to make the best decisions, and sometimes we do make bad decisions, you know, and knowing that God is still in our corner and still um, is going to be walking through that with us in the midst. I think that was just really good for you to just say that, so I thought that was awesome. Yeah. Would you say that somebody who tends to over-spiritualize fails to recognize the providence of God in the secondary causes? Or how do you, I guess, how do you navigate that if you have somebody, say, in your missional community 
who tends towards that end of the spectrum? Is that, I mean, is that a sin that you rebuke? Is that something that you shepherd towards? I think, well, obviously, I can never speak directly to a hypothetical sure. that I don't have all the information. You know, I'm not there, mm. and I don't, I don't know what exactly what you're talking about. But there can be many different reasons. One, <clears throat> I've known many people who suck at making decisions. They're lazy. They've spent a life following the foolishness of sin. They've never built self-control. Mm. They've never built discipline. They've never built a godly life. Mm -hmm. And now their life sucks. And they want a supernatural rescue from God. The problem is, if God were to supernaturally take you out of all of your problems, this whole situation, and deliver you to Eden, you would still be the son of hell that you've always been. Mm. You would ruin Eden. Right. You would bring your addiction, your problems, your brokenness, your laziness right to that Eden and, and ruin it. And so sometimes the... <laughs> what? <laughs> the... <laughs> you just would stop. <laughs> you were going in. <laughs> it may be savage, but it's true, man. The, so the most kind thing for God to do would be to let you see your own foolishness, your own brokenness, your own the own ways that you've con contributed to the problem, mm -hmm. and then build the life that will create the flourishing life or build follow the way of Jesus to create flourishing. And so sometimes the most kind thing for God to do is not to supernaturally deliver us, but to just say, no, man, actually, you just have to get up and go to work. And you can complain and moan about this not being a great job and you deserve more and this and that and the other thing. Yeah, none of that. You just need to get up and, and, and create a life that is built around the way of Jesus. Mm. And that life will lead to flourishing. And so, yeah, I think over-spiritualizing, it, it, it's kind of a form of Gnosticism mm. that seems this world is somehow secondary or not, not very good and God doesn't love the body and God doesn't love the physical and God doesn't love the real. And it's just about getting to heaven when we die. Mm. And so I think sometimes you just got to talk to a guy about, nope, the normal means of grace is waking up and reading your Bible, and acknowledging the Lord, and confessing your sins, and loving your wife, and going to work every day, and coming home, and eating dinner, and loving your wife, and loving your kids, and crucifying your flesh, and going to church, and praying, and suffering, and working hard, and you are building a capacity. Um to walk through this life in a way that brings flourishing. Mm. And there's no way that's going to happen if you don't do those normal things. Yeah. If you think about this as the weight room, like it's like the guy who's never lifted weights in his entire life. And, he, and then one day he's in a trouble, he's in a difficult situation and he's hoping that he can somehow lift the car up and save his wife or something. Maybe supernaturally God could potentially do that. Like that could happen. He could do it. But 
the normal means God would do that is you've actually been working out for 20 years. And then when that season, when that time comes, Mm. you actually have the capacity to do that. Mm. It's still God's providence. It's still God's grace. It's still God's mercy. It's still, you know, but that's typically how he, how he does it. Mm. Making money is the same way. You learn financial principles and you follow those financial principles and then you're not always in trouble. You're not always in debt. You're not, you're, it's just, that's the way, that's the way it typically happens. Building a good career is the same way. Being a good parent is the same way. It doesn't just get beamed out of heaven. Mm. It comes from, you know, the normal means, the normal means of grace. Yeah. Okay. Well, hopefully this was helpful for you. Providence of God is a doctrine we should relish in. We should worship Jesus because of many of you guys are here and you can trace the kind providence of God and bringing you to Sacred City and bringing flourishing into your life and bringing the gospel to bear and saving you and your husband and your wife and your kids and bringing sanctification. All of that's the kind providence of God. So thank him for that today. We thank him for you. If you have any questions, Email me at justindeed at sacredcitychurch.com. Hopefully this was a blessing to you. We will talk to you soon. God bless.